Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you know, you know, but somehow, some way, even though they've sold probably a hundred million records worldwide and you know are inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I can't believe how many people I encounter on a day-to-day basis that don't know who Dire Straits is. It's unbelievable. Their first like run of three or four albums was was epic. Then they kind of got eaten alive when they did Money for Nothing, even though that was their biggest hit by far because it sort of took them so mainstream and they have the MTV music video and half the money is making fun of exactly that. And that's why it became such a big hit. Uh, Still, though, go listen to that Dire Straits debut album or their second album, Making Movies. It's as good as it gets when it comes to blues-infused rock and roll. Little Mark Knopfler and the boys coming back here on your Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Mine was awesome. Thanks for asking. This is Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for joining us here uh, on this Monday. If you're watching on the TV or the stream, I'm sitting because I'm about to have basically an hour-long conversation with the man on the other side of the glass, Andrew Houghton, and... Uh, so that's where we're at. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we already had an hour-long conversation. We talked about a variety of different dynamics, including some of Andrew's uh, continued thoughts and musings about the Big Sky kickoff media event that was a couple weeks ago. We also talked uh, concerns about both Montana and Montana State. We heard from a couple players in the greatest rivalry in the West, Alex Gubner, a senior defensive tackle for the Grizz, and Ryland Ort, a junior safety for the Cats who also happens to hail from Missoula. They both joined us as well. Check it all out on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. We talked about corners in the grizz defense and how important that is, especially if they're going to continue to blitz as much as they have in recent years. We also talked about the defensive tackle depth for the grizz. Uh, how about a few of my concerns on the Bobcat side, and then we'll get into some NFL uh, pickups. How about this? We'll do we'll do two on the MSU side since we did two grizz ones, and then we'll do one more grizz one, and then we'll finish up this conversation throughout the rest of the week uh, here on Nuanas Now. Uh, for the for Montana State, I think that there's a. For the third year in a row, there's a brand new narrative around the team. Brent Vegan's first season, it was, how do you replace Jeff Choate and, and how do you beat the Grizz? Vegan, I think people were tenuous on how he replaced Jeff Choate when his team got walloped in Missoula in their first Cat Grizz game under that coaching staff. He turned it around right away, though, and went on a run all the way to the national championship game and put that in the, in the rear view. Then last year, the narrative was, well, how do you sort of bounce back um, within the rivalry, but also how do you keep it rolling after the graduation of uh, one of the great senior classes in school history, highlighted by two guys that got drafted in the NFL draft, Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy, plus a couple other guys in Lance McCutcheon and Lewis Kidd, who each signed 
uh, undrafted free agent contracts. So certainly, uh, how do you replace that level of talent? Now, this year, the narrative is, how do you take the next step? You, you lost to North Dakota State three years in a row in the playoffs, they, uh, including you know quarterfinals, semifinals, then national championship. Then last year, you get to the semis again, and you lose to South Dakota State. How do you close that gap? That, that's the narrative. And then how do you embrace the sort of the expectations as the favorites to repeat as Big Sky Conference champions? But I also think another narrative is just the fact that there's been an exceptional amount of talent in Bozeman over the last handful of years. The 2019, 2021, and 2022 Cats all had NFL guys on those rosters. Is there another NFL guy? On this roster, I do think there's a couple guys that could be NFL hopefuls. In terms of the senior class, I think both the tight ends, Derek Snell and Trayton Pickering, will get a shot. The offensive line is all underclassmen. that None of them are seniors, so I think that it's, you're a little ways away. Rush Reimer, probably the leading candidate there. At receiver, I don't think you have a, a McCutcheon or a Kevin Cassis that's like an NFL-type talent there. Not yet, at least. Maybe Lanyata Alexander or Ty McCullough becomes that, but, but certainly nothing yet. Uh, running back, none. Defensively, I mean, Sebastian Valdez and Brody Greeby will probably both get a shot, uh, but that's not this year. They're still juniors. Linebackers, you know, you don't have an NFL guy there. I think they have really good prospects there. McCade O'Reilly, Nolan Askelson, but not necessarily. I mean, you don't have a Troy Anderson. You don't have a Daniel Hardy. So I'm not saying that you can't win without NFL guys. NFL guys just make it a little bit easier. In fact, they make it a lot of bit easier. Montana State's defensive scheme in 2021 was so different because they could use Troy Anderson in such an unbelievable way. I mean, Troy Anderson could cover anybody that the opponent lined up in the slot while also being the guy most likely to take, you know, to make the tackle either in space or in the box. Some of the great chase down speed of of anybody in the country. So, uh, you know, that lets you do a lot of things. Same with Daniel Hardy. I mean, his edge and what he could set as the edge it's pretty vast because he runs so well. So, and just having guys like that that are big play guys and and mistake erasers, it it just takes you so far. So that's one of my top concerns for Montana State. If they don't have a true surefire NFL guy who's a senior to to turn to, uh, can they replace that? Can, can they bolster confidence? Can, can they still have that same sort of swagger, uh, particularly on defense? I think they have tremendous depth. Uh, It's just that when you have NFL guys, it covers up a lot of stuff. It makes everybody's jobs, including the coaches, uh, a lot easier. My my second one is not necessarily a position group, but more of another narrative within the Bobcat football program. Last year, so many guys got hurt at MSU. It didn't derail them at all. So many guys then got playing time at MSU because the guys in front of them were hurt. Well, now with most of them back... If you don't experience the same sort of attrition, how does the dominoes sort of fall into place, and what does that do for your team chemistry? It's certainly a problem everybody would like to have. Everybody would like to have eight guys that are potentially starting offensive linemen or or six receivers that deserve to get touches or five or six running backs that deserve to get touches. You know, a couple all-league caliber tight ends. Montana State's got a lot of talent. they got a lot of depth. But if everybody's healthy, how does that affect just the, the chemistry of the team? I think that's also where culture and coaching uh, comes into it. Uh, Andrew, what do you think about MSU? I mean, they have, I think it's unquestionable they have the best depth in the league. They've proven they can endure uh, injuries and, uh, you know, the adversity that comes with them. And uh, I think Brett Vegan's proven in a lot of different ways that he can win in a lot of different ways. 
any glaring concerns, or what do you think of just Montana State uh, in terms of things they need to, to shore up uh, before the season begins? Well, one thing that I think obviously is going to be brought up a lot is the off-the-field stuff, and I think um, that has the potential to maybe be a bit overblown, but I think it's interesting just because it is a new challenge for them, right? I mean, yep, we, it you, is. like you said, Brent Vegan and staff and the players on that team have found a way to overcome a, a ton of of challenges between the lines, right? Between yep. the players that they've lo- that they've been losing from year to year, uh, between injuries, uh, between uh, you know even conditions on the field, right? They've always managed to overcome those. I, I think I, I have praised Brent Vegan and his coaching staff a lot for their adaptability sort of within the game. Are they going to be able to adapt now to uh, pressures that are yep. challenges that are that are off the field? Distractions. Distractions or mitigating distractions is a huge part of any football team, any level. So I, I totally agree. The uh, when it comes to the court dates of both Montana State's coordinators who both received DUIs in a six-month span, Willie Mac Garza first, and then Taylor House right. Those are upcoming. So. That's just an automatic embedded distraction right there. You're going to have that boom right out there in the media, and then Brent Vegan's going to have to field questions about it, and uh, it's certainly going to be uh, a part of the narrative. More on that upcoming as well uh, later on this week or this month at SkylineSportsMT.com as well. One last concern when it comes to the Grizz. We talked about the corners and the defensive tackle depth. I also think that Bobby Houck has been steadfast at, at preaching that one of his team's strengths is the offensive line. When you have multiple super seniors who are multiple-year starters like they do in A.J. Forbes and Hunter McGinnis and uh, Chris Walker, that should be a strength. And then you throw in multiple-year starter like Brandon Casey and uh, an upstart guy like Journey Grimsrud, and uh, you feel pretty good. You also have Liam Brown as your primary backup. I think he could play guard or tackle. And that's uh, he's a guy that started games as well. I'm so interested about what after that. Can they keep the starting unit healthy throughout the year? If so, huge advantage for the Grizz. If they can't, beyond Liam Brown, who's the next guy up, I do think that they they have four or five guys in the mix there that could be sort of their six, seven, eight guys on the offensive front. But none of those guys have played in games, and that's always a huge challenge for young offensive linemen. So, um, I mean, is it a concern for you, the, the Grizz offensive line depth? Yeah, I think the offensive line for me is always going to be a concern for the Grizz until I see them put a dominant unit together. Right. Uh, since Bobby Houck has, has come back, I mean, it seems like we've been talking about the offensive line every year in preseason, and, and you're completely right. This yep. is the first year that they really, I think, have a, a really good and certainly experienced starting five. But, but you're right. I think that... Um, I think that depth is going to be a concern. I just, I, I want to see them prove it on the offensive line, and that's just going to be a thing in, until they do. That, that's the other part is that the Grizz are better objectively at the, along the offensive line than when Bobby Houck took over. How good do you need to be on the offensive line? Well, if you want to beat the teams you need to beat to win a national championship, you have to have one of the best offensive lines in the country. I mean, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and Montana State have three of the five best offensive lines in the country. You want to know who else has a great offensive line? Sacramento State. You want to know who else has a great offensive line? Weber State. So you're talking about, I mean, I would say, I think Idaho's pretty good up front, too. UC Davis is really good up front. I mean, I think that, you know, 
you could have a I guess what I'm saying is the Grizz offensive line could be a top 10 offensive line in the country yet still not be one of the top three offensive lines in the conference because I think you have to have one of the best offensive lines in the country to compete to win the conference as well as to compete uh, on a national level. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. More uh, things we're watching and concerns about both Montana and Montana State headed into fall camp. Concerns is the wrong way to, to analyze it. J- just spots that aren't shored up yet, that there's just fun storylines in. Uh, we'll keep talking about it throughout the rest of this week and uh, probably next week as well. The uh, season openers for both Montana and Montana State coming up on September 2nd. The Grizz host Butler in Missoula, high noon, and uh, the Bobcats host Utah Tech under the Bobcat Stadium Lights uh, kickoff scheduled for uh, 6 p.m. there for the uh, annual Gold Rush game. A big, shi- big shout-out to Shine Auto Detailing. They were just awarded... Best detail shop in Missoula again. And it's certainly no surprise. They've had over 225 star reviews. That's actually more reviews than all the other car detail shops around these parts combined. Shine Auto Detailing is celebrating by giving their next three callers a $50 gift card. So you're not calling us, you're calling them. But if if you call them, you're going to get a $50 gift card. Call Shine Auto Detailing right now, 406 207 3599 to get a $50 gift card. That's 406 207 3599. Shine Auto Detailing. Call now. Let's do some NFL bold predictions and some NFL division winners. In the sake of keeping track who we talk about here, I'm just going to go left to right on this grid that I have of, of the divisions. So we'll start out east. We'll start with the AFC East. And I'll certainly hash this out later on a little bit with my brother, Brooks Duanez, who will launch our all-football, all-the-time NFL sports betting segment later on this week. And uh, we'll certainly talk more NFL with several other guests as well. But in the AFC East, here's my, uh, here, here, I'll give you a bold prediction on who I think is going to win the, uh, the division uh, as we go through these. My bold prediction for the uh, AFC East. This is hard, actually. I was going to say that the New England Patriots won't finish last. I think the Patriots are going to win more games than Vegas is projecting, which is seven. But they still might finish last just because this division is all of a sudden uh, really stacked. I mean, here's a bold prediction. I think the Buffalo Bills aren't going to win this division. I think the Buffalo Bills will be a playoff team this year. Uh, but I do think they have uh, some some deficiencies. And I, I think after watching what I've been watching on Hard Knocks, and I know I'm totally drinking the Kool-Aid right now, but I think the New York Jets are going to win this division. I think Miami's going to be right there as a potential playoff team as well. But I think this division's going to beat up on each other. And uh, don't look now, but Josh Allen has company as the best quarterback in this division. His name's Aaron Rodgers. He's multiple-time MVP. And I know he's getting a little long in the tooth, but uh, I think he's still got it. And I think they got some of the best uh, young talent in the league. Guy like Garrett Wilson, who was the offensive rookie of the year last year there in New York. I think they have a ferocious defensive line uh, anchored by Quinn Williams, who's one of the best players in the, in the entire NFL. Uh, you know, Sullivan Thomas is a proven guy as well. Al Woods, they have a lot of big boys up front. They got one of the best corners in the league in Sauce Gardner. I think the Jets have all the making. So my bold prediction is the Bills won't win the division, and my uh, division champ is the uh, New York Jets. I do think Miami gives the AFC East three uh, playoff contenders. 
How about the NFC East? Here's my bold prediction for the NFC East. The New York Giants will be not only not in the playoffs, but nowhere close to the playoffs this upcoming season. And I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are the favorites to win uh, the NFC East again. I think the Philadelphia Eagles should be the, the favorite to win the NFC in general. And I think they should be one of the two or three favorites to win the Super Bowl. And I think that's uh, exactly how Vegas has got it. So uh, it, out east, I got uh, a playoff team not being a playoff team anymore. And, and the New York Giants. And then the other New York team for the first time in a long time. <laughs> when was the last time the Jets made the playoffs and won a division and the Giants didn't? Uh, that, that'd be a fun fact, certainly. AFC North, the Bengals are the betting favorites, and uh, I still don't know what to think about the Joe Burrow injury. You can't really lie about this stuff in the NFL, so I do believe them when they say it's a calf injury and not an Achilles like it looked like. Um, is he at full strength early? Can they play good enough defense? Uh to steady the ship if, if Burrow's not full strength? What if he's not ready for the beginning of the year? Con- contrastly, I think that there's a lot more stability now in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's signed a long-term contract. He's got some weapons around him. Who knows how much gas Odell Beckham's got left in the tank, but Odell Beckham certainly, uh, at his best, could be a game-changer there in Baltimore. They also spent a first-round pick on Zay Flowers out of Boston College, a speedy wide receiver. So how does that help bolster? I mean, how does the, the security that Lamar Jackson now has and the weapons around him, how does that bolster his performance? And also how do the Ravens sort of get back to that nasty elite defense uh, that they had for so long? They've been pretty good, but not, not you know, we're scared to play you like they were for so many different years. But I do think the, the internal stability will help them. I'm picking Baltimore to win the AFC North. I think the Bengals will also be a playoff contender out of that division. I don't think Cleveland... Uh, we'll be able to hang around, although I do think they'll be okay. And I also think Pittsburgh could be okay as well. Pittsburgh's got an over-under of 9.5. I'm taking the under uh, on the Steelers. So there's your bold prediction. Under on the Steelers and uh, the Ravens to win the uh, AFC North. We'll do one more, and then we'll save the, uh, the South and the West, respectively, for a little later on. The NFC North. This is one of the divisions I think is actually the most fun to bet. Vegas thinks that the Green Bay Packers are going to be the worst team in the division, and I don't really buy that because I don't think anybody in this division is all that good. I think the Vikings are pretty okay. I think they should be the favorites to win the division. Detroit is the favorites to win the division. I don't really know what what sets Detroit above Minnesota. The Lions were tough last year. They certainly were competitive, and and they, they came all the way down to the wire with the Packers towards the end of the season uh, with a chance to get in the playoffs. But they weren't a playoff team last year. And they're the, they're, they're the Lions. I mean, Jared Goff had a good year last year. Do we trust him to do that again? He had a couple great years in, in L.A. and then also had a couple bad years and then got forced out and, and had to you know sort of remake himself in Detroit. They got a good offensive line. They got good skill guys. Uh, I think they're really good on defense, and I think they have the the right head coach to have a defensive style and attitude, even though Dan Campbell was a tight end during his time in the NFL. He's such a tough, hard-nosed guy, and I think that translates into sort of the style of football that they want to play. But I don't think Detroit should be the, uh, the favorite in this division, and I don't think the Packers should be favored to finish last. So my bold prediction is the Packers will not finish last in this division, and my division winner 
not because I think the Vikings are so good. I'm actually a very realistic. This is the only piece of fandom I got left is the Minnesota Vikings. And I think the Vikings are very flawed. I, th- I think they're okay. I think, I think they have an okay quarterback who's kind of got them stuck because he's good enough to not get rid of him and get a high draft pick, and he's uh, not good enough to get him over the top in the playoffs. But we're just talking about the division right here. I think the Bears are going to be better than a year ago, but they only won two games a year ago. So what does that even mean? I think they're going to run Justin Fields a ton this year to see what he's got left in the tank, or not even left in the tank, but to see if he can handle it and also to see what they got in him. Do they want to invest in him long-term or not? Uh, We'll see. But I think there's going to be a lot of action in the open field for Justin Fields. How does he handle it? Can he stay healthy? Uh, I think the Bears are finishing last in this division. I think the Vikings are going to be the winners of the of the NFC North. I think the Packers could be second or third there with the Lions. I think the Lions could be second or third there with the Packers. Uh, if all three, the Lions, Packers, and Vikings, were in the playoff mix in the NFC, I think that's a testament to the NFC and uh, sort of the, the power shift. The AFC has got a whole bunch of playoff contenders. I think the NFC's got a whole bunch because of you know, sort of by default. But, I mean, what's the difference really between the Giants and the Lions and the Packers? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the Packers are one slot below, but I, I think the Packers are going to be okay this year. So I'm saying the Packers will not finish last in that division. The Lions will not win that division. I think the Vikings are the pick in the NFC North. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll keep rolling on division picks and some other thoughts as well. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio rolling through some NFL talk here on this fine Monday. Can't believe the preseason's already underway. Bunch of guys from the Big Sky Conference, particularly with ties to Montana, are doing well. If you heard the Sports Center there, uh, Dylan Cook's fighting for a roster spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a former Grizz offensive lineman uh, from Butte, Montana. Samari Toure caught three passes for the Packers in, in their preseason opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. Toure, of course, played at Montana and then uh, finished his college career at, at Nebraska. This is year two with the Packers for him. If you watch the Packers as well, you'll see that uh, 
Christian Watson of North Dakota State started last night. Tucker Craft, not last night, I guess it was Saturday. Uh, Tucker Craft of South Dakota State, tight end, he also started for the Packers. So uh, some young guys with FCS flavor there uh, in Green Bay. Troy Anderson slated as a starter there in Atlanta next to Caden Ellis, who used to be at Idaho, so that's pretty cool. They played against each other. When I, mean, I remember we have an iconic picture of Troy Anderson scoring a 77-yard touchdown uh, during his quarterback days there at MSU, and Caden Ellis trying to chase him down. Caden Ellis is fast. Caden Ellis is produced in the NFL big time. And uh, not even he could catch Troy Anderson. So now they're uh, starting next to each other. So that's pretty cool. Daniel Hardy, former MSU Bobcat, he had a a botched assignment on a punt return, and he got caught in the hole and kicked out, and then the, the Chargers punt returner took it all the way to the house. So you're thinking that Hardy might be in the doghouse. Then Hardy has a tackle for loss and a sack after that to, to redeem himself. So he's certainly uh, trying to play his way onto the active roster for the Rams. And uh, we'll check down some more guys that are, that are fighting for roster spots. Matai Okada of Montana State, Patrick O'Connell of Montana. They're both uh, with the Seahawks. They, they, were, they made their NFL debuts last Thursday. Okada played some special teams. Uh, there's a, a clip that's gone viral on Twitter of Jamal Adams coaching him up. So that's pretty cool when the, a leader of the team is, is uh, taking you under his wing. Patrick O'Connell had five tackles for the Seahawks against the Vikings. So uh, we'll keep you up to date with uh, former Big Sky, former Bobcat, former Grizzlies uh, in the NFL. The NFL uh, is right around the corner when it comes to the actual regular season. Whether it's the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, the Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch all the sports Drink specials every day, 20 keto machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today. See why the Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Uh, Andrew, have you been following the James Harden-Daryl Morey saga? Kind of. Yeah, I, I know I know what's going on, yeah. So, uh d- James Harden basically just says Daryl Morey's a liar. Is there anything to be made of this, or is this just James Harden in off-season James Harden mode? Well, look, man, James Harden said that he wanted to trade out of Philadelphia, and we've seen this song and dance with James Harden before, right? When James Harden wants to be traded, uh, James Harden is going to get traded by whatever means he can he can come up with. So I think partially there is some 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 vitriol, some water under the bridge there, certainly on James Harden's side. Uh, I think also he's he's kind of doing what he's got to do to get out of Philly, right? You make the right. situation as untenable as possible, and if that's by uh, going over to China and telling a bunch of, what was this, like kids at a camp that Daryl Morey is a liar, uh, then I guess you do that too. I mean, we, we've seen this, right, when James Harden wanted out of Houston. Yeah, right. Uh, and now he wants back in Houston. Right, exactly. I mean, um, so, so... So not really surprising. We'll see how it plays out. The thing that's so interesting about this situation is who wants James Harden at this point? Because James right. Harden's whole deal is the reason he's so pissed off with Philly is because he wanted a max contract extension. Right. Who's going to trade for James Harden and then give him a max contract extension right. in a place where he can compete for a title? I mean, does he want that? Maybe he just wants to go to Houston. But is, does does Houston want to give James Harden at this stage of his career a max contract extension? Like I I just think it, it might it's it's a really sticky situation because what's the way out here? And we know that Daryl Morey I mean this is the guy who held on to Ben Simmons 
for half a season, right, before right. he found the James Harden trade? Yeah. If he's not getting value, he's not, he's not moving him. Th- this whole thing started because a lot of people thought that Harden would not sign his player option and would just hit the free agent market. But then I think Harden realized that he had to sign his, his option because he wasn't going to get more on the open market. And uh, yeah, now here, back and forth we go. I think the thing that's such a disconnect with people with James Harden is that we all want to judge NBA players almost exclusively on their legacy. And what is their legacy defined by? Winning and winning championships. You want to know who I think cares about that as little as any other Hall of Fame player that's currently playing in the NBA right now? James Harden. He just wants to play, man. There was the stuff going around Twitter last week where I can't remember who they were comparing him to, but they were saying, well, it was like, who do you rather have? And this person analyzing it said, well, all the kids in the park are playing like James Harden, not this person we're comparing him to. Uh, Even though this guy's got rings, we don't care. James Harden's a bigger influencer. And Harden said that many times as well. He's like, I'm not gauging my career based on anything besides that I get buckets, I love hoops, and you can say whatever you want about me. I don't really care if I win a championship or not. Crazy that the Harden Kyrie thing didn't work yeah, out amazing. in Brooklyn, right? Amazing like, that it didn't work those out. Because those are the two guys who you could describe exactly like how you just described James Harden. <laughs> just give me some viral YouTube highlights. The kids are pretending to be me. I get buckets. Uh, you know, whatever. Moving on. No one is down. ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN MT app. The, uh, the other story that's all over Twitter right now on the national level is that. Um, there's a bunch of controversy, sort of retrospectively, about the book, but more specifically the movie, The Blind Side. Many of you out there have probably seen it or read it. The book by Michael Lewis is very, very in-depth, and it really sets the scene much better than the movie. The movie, I know the movie won an Academy Award, and I, I never liked the movie. I, I don't I don't particularly enjoy sports movies. Some of them are fine. They just seem so predictable and corny, and I don't know. I, I, I'm a curmudgeon. What can I say? I, I, I watched The Blind Side. I didn't think it was that good. But Michael Orr came out recently, and he, I think, is filing a civil suit against the family that basically took him in when he was at Old Miss because they basically filed, what do they call these things? A conservatorship is that is that the right word for this? Yeah, he thought he was signing papers, I think, to get formally adopted by this family, and instead, uh, the conservatorship gives you power over that person's finances. Yeah, power of attorney, and and so basically, then any of the money. I just watched this crazy documentary about Dennis Rodman, and the same thing. He had this lady that he thought was like his life coach slash financial advisor, and really, she was just stealing all his money, and he just had no idea. This is like th- that where. Michael Orr basically signed over all of his earnings to these people, and they basically took all his money. At least that's what he's alleging here. So I don't know. I mean, I I guess what I'm saying is that my cynical self always thought that, that uh, the movie particularly was a little bit uh, hyperbolized and overblown. And that, you know, here, here's what I was thinking when I was watching The Blind Side. I was thinking, this gal who's taking this kid under her wing She's a booster that's just that's just taking advantage of this young man so old Miss football can have an elite player. I never thought, wow, what what a great, you know, charitable act and out of the goodness of her heart. I mean, th- this is big time college football. This is just like Bruce Feldman's book, The Meat Market. They they get you 
some hosts on campus and some hosts off of campus and you know everybody's bending the rules as much as they can and I, I just I, I thought that it uh, it didn't seem as savory as they were trying to present it as and now it comes out with Michael Orr firing, filing this suit uh, that at least in his his words his memory uh, it certainly was not as savory as uh, they wanted to to believe. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. More NFL conversation, division by division, right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Nuan is now on ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Happy Monday. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Missed anything in the show? Tons and tons of football talk. Big Sky Conference football talk, plus a couple interviews with Alex Gubner of Montana and Ryland Ort of Montana State during the Montana football hour. NFL talk, division picks, and uh, the jaded nature of the, the uh, once savory story of the blind side. We talked all of it throughout the show today. All that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. More NFL, division by division. The AFC South is actually a relatively tough division to pick. The Titans have won it the last couple years. The Jags seem like they're coming. The Colts were like the strongest overall franchise in this division for a while. And now might just be flat bad, especially if Jonathan Ed- or Jonathan uh, Taylor, excuse me, uh, holds out. And then I think Houston is is uh, a year or two more of rebuilding, uh, sort of in the uh, in the process, as it were. For Tennessee, they got good defensive. They got they got good talent defensively. They have good offensive line. I think they have a good coach in Mike Vrabel. Outside of Derrick Henry, who are your playmakers going to be offensively? And does the situation get muddled if you have some sort of, of, of quarterback controversy? Ryan Tannehill's the incumbent, but how much does he have left? Malik Willis is a kid that they drafted last year and got some time down the stretch but was pretty up and down, which is not to be, I mean, that's not unexpected for a a non-first-round rookie quarterback. But now they have another rookie quarterback in Will Levis who was supposed to be potentially a first-round pick. He fell all the way to the second-round pick number 33 to the Titans. So can Willis or Levis be ready to play? If they are, if they unseat Tannehill, what does that do to the locker room? Is the locker room for the Titans going to have Faith in a in a young guy, either a second year guy or a first year guy, uh, I'm not sure. Which all that said is to say that with Jonathan Taylor's pending holdout in Indianapolis and the fact that they're likely going to roll with Anthony Richardson, who would be one of the, the the youngest starting quarterbacks day one in, in NFL history. I think he just turned 21. And the fact that the Texans are are I don't know a five win team at absolute best this year. It seems like. It's a golden opportunity for the Jaguars. That said, it's uh, it's still hard to say that you're gonna you're, that you're gonna wager on the Jags to win the division. Even though I do think the Jags are a team that's on the up and up. Uh, they were pretty good a year ago. They got one of the great young quarterbacks 
uh, in the NFL and, and Trevor Lawrence. So, I don't know. I think that this is the division in the AFC where I don't think that there's a team in this division that could win the conference or win the Super Bowl. I think that the Bills, the Bills, the Jets, the Ravens, the Bengals are all definitely AFC contenders, like AFC championship contenders. The Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. They're also an AFC championship contender. I think the Chargers could be in there too if Justin Herbert freaks out. It would wildly surprise me if someone from the AFC South won the AFC I know last year you were really wanting to pull the trigger on this, Andrew. Uh, what do you think? Is, are, do the Jags, are they justifiable in being the favorite of the AFC? Yeah, the absolutely. AFC South, that is, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for one thing, for, for a bunch of reasons that you said, the competition is not what we would call stiff in the AFC South. You know, I think the Titans could be okay. I think the big thing with the Titans is, man, can you keep getting this out of Derrick Henry, right? Right. Uh, so I, I, think, I always say it. He is the biggest beast of a man, but he is still a man. Like, he's he, going to break down. He's at some not point. immortal. I mean, you can't just give a guy 300 plus carries for all time. He's going to have a, a regression at some point. But you could give him 350 carries <laughs> for another year or two, maybe. Yes, we, we just have to see. So I think I think the Titans could be up there. But I also think you know Trevor Lawrence is going to take another step forward this year. Yep. That's just yep. what he does. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley, and this has been a huge off-season story, of course. They they now have Calvin Ridley back uh, to go with Christian Kirk. Had a really good year last year. Uh, I think I think their offense is going to be very, very good this year. And, you know, I think it, it's sort of understated how important just having Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson there yep. is. I mean, guys who have spent their entire careers winning, right, and in the two most important spots in your organization – the head coach and the quarterback, uh, I don't think you can judge them as the same old Jacksonville Jaguars who are sort of a, a punchline. But they have great talent is the other part. I mean, they're 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 plus on the offensive line. They're great on the defensive front seven. And they have a, a plus a quarterback, too. So maybe it's not so outlandish to consider the, the Jags a certain front runner in this division. All right, my bold prediction for the AFC South is that the Texans will have the worst record in the AFC and my division winner, you tacked me into it, are the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, I was down ESPN Radio. Uh, NFC South, I think this is also a somewhat lackluster division because the Panthers are in another state of flux, you know, another sort of rebuild. They got rid of Matt Rule mid-year last year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, they traded him. So uh, certainly a lot of, of turnover there. The, the Falcons... We're actually pretty competitive at times last year, and then Marcus Mariota couldn't handle it, and they went with Desmond Ritter, and uh, they sort of just fell back to the middle of the pack. The um, Saints had had a sort of uncharacteristic down year. Funny to say that the, the team that used to be known as the Aints that had all their fans wearing paper bags in the stands, then they became like the model, a model franchise in the NFL and were perennially good to great. Uh, now uh, they are sort of they, they were they've been average the last couple of years. They're the favorites in this division because the, the Panthers, Falcons, and Bucks. I think all of them are are far below expected to having a winning record in terms of the over unders for their win totals. Uh, this is another one though. I, I just can't see anybody from the NFC South making a run at anything really besides the division title and maybe a playoff spot. Um. I don't know what to do in terms of this division, though. 
again, the Saints are the the front runner favorite, but I just think that the Saints are like a nine and eight team at best. I think the Saints over under for wins this year is nine and a half, and I think I'm going to bet the under. That's that's uninspiring for a team that's supposed to be a division champ. But I also can't figure out a way to tack myself into a Atlanta Falcons team led by Desmond Ritter to, to be a, a true 10 or 11 win team. Uh, I have a hard time finding six or seven wins even for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and say, I mean, I think the Panthers are going to be one of the five or six worst teams in the league. So I don't really know what to think of this division. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting, right? The Saints are really leaning into this. They They got... Michael Thomas back. They brought Jimmy Graham back. I mean, that's sort of, sort of been the Saints' mo, right? They're yeah. always trying to contend in the present. They're they're pushing tons of dead money onto their cap. Yep. They're trading away a ton of draft picks to try to contend in the present. I mean, they got Derek Carr, who's just been you know an, an adequate, but like by no means world beating quarterback. No, this is sort of the this is sort of the year for Derek Carr, right? Because you do have some weapons there. I mean, you got. Michael Thomas back. Jimmy Graham, I don't know what he's going to look like, but I, I really like Chris Olave, the guy uh, who they Chris drafted Olave's last great. year. I, think he's the, I thought he was the second-best rookie in the league besides Garrett Wilson. Uh, not a coincidence they went to Ohio State together. Uh, I think w- what does that defense look like is going to be a huge question for them. Alvin Kamara also suspended for the beginning part of the Correct. year, so that's impactful, I think, too. Th- that's the other part is that actually the Saints' the last couple of years have been more of a defensive squad, and that just seems so out of character because they were offense all day long with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, they, they came up with guys like Trey Hendrickson, who signed the big free agent deal with the Bengals. Great uh, Marshawn guy. Lattimore, right? Yep. Been one of the best corners in the league. Uh, so so that's interesting. I think they are the clear favorite. One thing I'm just interested to see, can the Falcons lean into that running and defense game and, yep. and maybe grind their way to eight or nine wins themselves? I don't think so, but maybe. It all, To me, the Atlanta's easy. I, I know we're up against it. We'll get to the Western divisions tomorrow, but here's my bold prediction. It's the exact same as my division winner. My bold prediction for the NFC South is that the Falcons will win the NFC South. I think it all comes down to the quarterback. They got great skill guys. I mean, Law Robinson uh, out of Texas is one of the most talented running back prospects in years. Drake London was a top 10 pick out of USC at, at wide receiver. Kyle Pitts was a top 10 pick out of Florida at tight end. They're good on the offensive line if they can get anything uh, out of their uh, quarterback that could be good. Uh, we're up against it. We'll see you tomorrow. New is now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on and it was really surreal it was a cool moment cool experience for sure yeah, that's so cool you guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you but when people are looking up to you like they do I mean they think I mean you're the man right now at <laughs> the <laughs> University of Montana what's yeah. that like being a Montana kid um, it's different for sure um, you know growing up you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that but um, you know it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids lives um, you know, I just want to make sure, 
Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.